There are ancient legends across many cultures that tell of a demon or deity that feed on the blood of the living. These tales, with the belief that the dead could rise again, gave way to one of our most well-known monsters, a being so powerful and charismatic that you could easily become their next meal. This monster's complexity has inspired media for centuries, and will continue as humans remain under the trance of vampires. <laughs> Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies, and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we save our mom from a vampire. Again, in The Lost Boys. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Have you seen The Lost Boys before we watched it for the podcast? Actually, not that long ago. Like, a couple years ago at the most, maybe. Really? Yeah. Just randomly? Or yeah. Or just felt like watching a movie? Yeah. I think Matt suggested it to us, and it was fun. Was that the first time you watched it? Yeah, like a couple years ago, and then uh, uh, this was, like, my second time watching. Gotcha, gotcha. How about you? Yes, I watched it when I was young. Like, young, young? At my grandfather's house. Really? Yeah, I remember watching it, and I kind of still remembered scenes from it, but I watched that one time when I was younger. Like, I had been 10-ish, maybe? Mm-hmm. And then I had not seen it since we watched it for the podcast, so. It holds up, though. Yeah. Oh, like, my God. For a movie from the 80s, I was like, I like this. It didn't feel like it was from the 80s. Yeah. Like, not, that makes it sound like movies from the 80s are bad. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> but, but like, the, some stuff is, like, delightfully 80s, and this is this is one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost felt like it was, like, early 90s movie. Almost. Yeah. Like, a it little. felt like. But, you know, I had the staple 80s actor, so. Right. But do you like the movie? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I like how they're very subtle with the attacks and stuff like that. But then when it comes to killing them, it's like all gore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially towards the end. Yeah. Just I, blood shooting out of pipes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's the scene I remember. I remember Corey Feldman's character covered in something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what happened? How did that happen? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what right. it was. But I like it a lot, too. I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, same. I think so. So, Stephanie, where did you have it ranked on our scariness scale? I put an 8. How about you? I had it as a 12. You were like, this is scary. This is scary, scary. <laughs> I think, well, okay. Last time I saw it, I was young. No, so no, that's fair. I think that's why. I think I remember it being a little bit more scary than it was. Yeah. So it's a little high. I would not put it as a 12. <laughs> I'd have to look against all the other movies we covered. <laughs> but um, definitely uh, not that scary. Okay. It has its moments. It has its suspenseful moments. But. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's It's got, like, those creepy, like, stalkery kind of moments, too, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, when they constantly are riding the bikes by their house and, like, flashing the lights in the window. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like they're always just about to attack you. Yeah, also the first-person shots that they do when they're, like, flying. Yeah, real weird. Real weird. Real weird. <laughs> the one guy, they, like, lift out of the car or something and just... Fly him away, I guess. Bye. Yeah, and you just see him. Yeah. Like, you, don't, you don't even see what's grabbing him. Just, right. He's bye. just bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to go into some movie background? Yeah. All right. 
Boys is a 1987 American horror comedy film directed by Joel Schumacher and stars Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Kiefer Sutherland, and Corey Feldman. The movie tells the story of two brothers, Michael and Sam Emerson, who move with their mother to Santa Carla, California, which is dubbed murder capital of the world. The title is a reference to The Lost Boys and J.M. Barry's stories about Peter Pan and Neverland, who, like vampires, never grow up. Most of the film is shot in Santa Cruz, California. The film was a commercial success, grossing over $32 million at the box office and becoming a cult classic. It was praised for its stylish direction, soundtrack, and performance, and is often cited as one of the best vampire movies ever made. The mythographer A. Osborne John, or Jan, I'm not sure, again, like every name, I don't know how to pronounce it, <laughs> wrote that The Lost Boys helped shift popular culture depictions of vampires. The film is often credited with bringing a more youthful appeal to the vampire genre by making the vampires themselves sexy and young. This inspired subsequent films like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The scene... Oh. Yeah. I actually kind of saw how the vampires transform almost a little bit similar yeah. to Buffy in the, in oh, the yeah. face. Oh, yeah, the face. Yeah. I'm like, that looks like Buffy! Oh, true. Yeah, and the yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. The scene in which David transforms noodles into worms was directly referenced in the 2014 vampire mockumentary oh, film. Oh, that's we do why they did that. Yep. I never knew that. I had to put that in there. I was like, oh my god, so... <laughs> like the other one we did. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that one movie we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that scene was referenced in that, so... The Lost Boys was very important in the vampire genre. Right. So Be like your Puschetti. <laughs> <laughs> Puschetti. <laughs> Would you like to hear about the plot? Yes. So two brothers, Michael and Sam Emerson, move with their recently divorced mother to the fictional boardwalk town of Santa Carla, California, to live with their eccentric grandfather. And I love how the mom's like, you know, we're going to have such a great time here as they, like, pass all of these <laughs> missing posters yeah. and, and murder capital of the world. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that makes it sound like the city planted these sides. Murder capital of the world. No, it's like it's, spray painted right. on the back of a billboard. But still, it's a weird thing to spray paint. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to know where you're going. You where know? you are. Yeah. <laughs> so their mother, Lucy, gets a job at the video store owned by Max Lawrence, whom she starts dating. Meanwhile, the older brother, Michael, becomes infatuated with a girl named Star that he sees on the boardwalk with a motorcycle gang led by a guy named David Powers. David Powers? Yeah, I didn't know his last name was Powers. I didn't know his first name was David. Yeah, his name's David. <laughs> <laughs> That's Keeper Sutherland's kid? The blonde guy. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Is it David? Yeah. Oh, damn. Why did I not... Which I guess I should have got later on. We find out that he's not the leader. And I, I thought he was yeah. the leader the whole time. I know. I forgot about that whole yeah. second situation, which we'll get to. Yeah. But David, huh? But around the same time at the local comic book store... Sam meets Edgar and Alan Frog, who claim to be vampire hunters, and give him a vampire comic book that he should treat as a survival guide to living in Santa Carla. Do you think Edgar and Alan is a reference to Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, could be. Do you think so? Could be. I don't know. Their parents are, like, zoning out in front of a TV. They're very hippy-dippy-like. Yeah, it's like none of the adults know what's going on. Right. We have or just these, ignore it. Yeah. And I remember Corey Feldman being in this movie, but his voice in this, he talks like this the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh, Which is funny, doing? because he was in Goonies, and he did great little impressions and stuff yeah. like that, and it was 
I think it was like a year or two before, right? So it was around the same or time. around the same time. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't much older. Yeah, I was like, why is he doing that voice? That's not. It's clearly, clearly not his real voice. I don't know. I, I think he was just putting on a facade to make it seem like he's big and tough. Yeah, it was almost distracting. A yeah, bit. I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. But, little criticism there for <laughs> Mr. Feldman. But I like him in Goonies. I think he's funny. But. Yeah. So Sam doesn't take them seriously. Even though the town is known as the Myrtle Capital of the world, there are numerous people missing, missing posters posted everywhere. And we, the audience, have seen several people at this point being attacked by some unseen thing in the night. Flying through yes. the sky and killing them all. Yes. It's so funny, those shots, too. Like, you're just holding on the person running, and they're just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, the security guard guy. Yeah. He's alone in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's, For sure. He's gone. And yeah, it's, it's I just like the shots because it's just in that first person view. So right. That's pretty cool. So back to Michael, determined to impress Star, despite her appearing to be with David. He changes his look and allows David's biker gang to submit him to a few feats of bravery and initiate him into their group. He, like, gets an earring and, like, wears a jacket, and he's like, I'm different now. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Michael. Michael, honey. No. And she clearly looks like she's dating this David guy, and I was like, why do you want to take on the biker gang for <laughs> you know right it's not it's not just him it's yeah like four or three other guys i'm like mm, you're right. outnumbered right <laughs> so perhaps this is a bad idea yeah i'm sure there are other lovely girls on the boardwalk yeah no nah, star no nah. with a name like star i mean what are you gonna do i guess <laughs> so they nearly ride their bikes off a cliff then they lead michael into their lair a sunken hotel beneath the cliff abandoned after an earthquake where David gives him wine, which Star warns is actually blood, but Michael ignores her and drinks it anyway. Did he, uh, like, did it taste like blood? He just drank it and was like, yeah, good wine. Yeah, <laughs> lovely, delicious strawberry And, and they wine. trick him into eating maggots and worms, but... But then it's not really. But it's like a trick of the mind kind of thing, yeah. like, that he's actually eating Chinese food with them. But, but the vampires are eating it. It's confusing. I don't know if it's actually bugs or Chinese. I know. <laughs> Who knows? It's up in the air because at one moment it looks just like Chinese. And it's like, they're bugs. And then he's freaking out. And like, just kidding. And then it's back to noodles. And yeah. Stuff. But, but actually, it's, it's bugs. <laughs> and it just goes back and forth until they die. Do you like your spaghetti? <laughs> like your biscuit, dude. <laughs> the gang then takes Michael to a railroad track where they hang over a gorge beneath the tracks. Then just fall into it. Yeah. One by one they fall. And then Michael's dangling there. And then falls and then wakes up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. He blacked out and then just... Yeah, because I I have it in my notes, too. The next day he wakens in bed, but his eyes are now sensitive to sunlight. The smell of food is revolting, and he craves blood, which makes him attempt to attack Sam, but he's stopped by their dog, Nanook. He's a good boy. I know. He's a bitch dog. He's a bitch boy. And he's like, okay, well, that was a little weird. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm craving blood all of a sudden. Like, okay, that's, I mean, you know. You know what I'm really in the mood for? <laughs> blood. Yeah. Some nice wine in your veins, you know? <laughs> when Michael comes to his senses, he and Sam realize that his reflection is partly transparent, and Sam is pissed that he allowed himself to become a vampire. He's like, my fucking brother, because stupid bloodsuckers. <laughs> I love that. He just, like, like, stomps off. Yeah, he's, like, disappointed as if he, like, did drugs or something. Right. And, again, I don't know if this is just a... No, it is. It's a pet peeve of mine. Because, like, you see his 
his reflection is like transparent, but all of it. Like, why are the clothes always either invisible with the vampire or, like, in this case, also disappearing? Wouldn't you still see the clothes? Right. Clothes are still real. I, that drives me insane. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Why? I know. I kind of <laughs> wanted it to just be his clothes floating there. Every. Okay, there's some movies that do do it right. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Cause I, but nine times out of ten, you don't see anything. Right. I'm like, they're wearing clothes still. <laughs> Why are those disappearing? Yeah, that is true. Ooh, now I'm going to have to watch out for that. Sorry. No. I didn't mean to ruin it, but I'm like, why? why? An invisible Anyways. man does it right. But. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael convinces him that he must not be a full vampire yet and needs his help. So Sam deduces from the comic book that if he doesn't kill anyone, the death of the head vampire should reverse his conditions. Sam then calls on the Frog Brothers, who suspects Max may be the head vampire. And I feel like it's really random. They're like, he owns a video store at night. (laughs) And then we're like, okay. I forgot who Max was for a second. Like, who's Max? Oh, the guy who owns the video store? And I feel like it's the most easy thing for Michael to just be like, oh, I know who it is. He was the leader of the biker gang, you know? Right. Rather than letting the brother and these kids just deduce that must be the video store guy. Yeah. Like, do you not see the gang that's led by David? Right. I would assume it was him. Yeah. It just felt obvious, but... Okay. Yeah. Sure, I guess. So they decide to, like, interfere on his poor mother's date with this man while she cooked for him but she's he comes downstairs and he's like i have guests <laughs> and then they all sit down to yeah. dinner together <laughs> yeah it's so awkward her son and then these two kids that, that he's never seen before <laughs> and they decide to like do all these tests on him so they try to feed him a bunch of garlic that they say is parmesan they mm-hmm. pour water on him which isn't holy water it's, it's just, just like here water <laughs> vampires in this universe don't bathe <laughs> so they're just danky no water right they're like gremlins they multiply too And they trick him into looking at his reflection, but nothing proves he's a vampire, and all this really accomplishes is pissing off his mom. Yeah, this woman, just, like, she's so joyful at the beginning. She's so sweet and, like, almost more immature than them, almost, in a way, just naive, I guess. Yeah, and just the thing after thing just gets ruined for her. She's like, I just want, I just want a man. No one's asked me out in a long time, guys. Like, let's, let's be reasonable here. Yeah. I'm like, poor Lucy. She's trying. She's trying hard, but right. she keeps getting cock-blocked by her kids. Right. Meanwhile, Michael goes to Star for help, and they end up having sex. So I was like, okay. <laughs> you know. Thanks, Star. <laughs> Afterwards, David and the others return to encourage Michael to attack a group of people at the beach with them. So then they fully, like, change, and they're like, this is who we are. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, you gotta do this. And he manages to get away, but, like, he's sickened by their frenzy and... They're, like, massacring people, like, just pulling scalps off people. Yeah, you know. It's gross. What vampires do, unfortunately. Yeah. He returns home, and when Star appears in the window, just kind of out of nowhere, Sam starts freaking out. But she convinces them that she and her young companion named Gladie are partially human as well. Michael was supposed to be her first kill, but she couldn't bring herself to do it. So she wants to help them find a cure. Yeah, so, like, in this... In order to return fully, you have to kill someone, right? Right. That's how that works. So we got Star, Michael, and this little boy. 
Which is Laddie. Laddie. And who's like, was in a few scenes beforehand, but never Yeah, really we never said really anything. focused on him. Like, we see her and Tim walking away on the boardwalk before Michael mm-hmm. meets her. Yeah. And he was on the bike, too, on one of their bikes. Yeah. I think we saw his picture on a milk carton. Yeah. Missing mm-hmm. kid on a milk carton. Yeah, so now... But apparently he's also not a vampire yet. Yeah, they're just half. They just have some, you know, minor symptoms. Right. So the next day, Michael takes Sam and the Frog Brothers to the vampire's lair. Michael rescues Star and Laddie while the boys stab one of the sleeping vampires with a stake, which wakens David and the others causing them to chase after them. They barely make it out, but they know that once the sun sets, they'll be coming for them. Yeah. This is the coolest part. When yes. they get ready. I love shit. I love it. When I love they, montages. When like they that. prepare for stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like. Just gets you going. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you know, like, shit's going to hit the fan. Right. And you're like, you're ready for it. And then the big climax, you're like, yeah. <laughs> 80s movies did it the best, too. <laughs> yeah. They did. While their mother is out on a date with Max and their grandfather is out of the house, the teens board up their house and arm themselves with stakes, a longbow, and water guns filled with holy water. It's funny because when you see them collecting it, they go to a baptism and they're just like their guns like right in the little basins of holy water where everyone like is watching them and they don't, no one says anything. They just let it happen and they leave. It's so funny. So then we see all these motorcycle lights and like kind of throughout the movie, they've been kind of tormenting certain people's houses. Mm-hmm. One time it was Max and uh, his dog was like going through PTSD after that. Yeah. But they come in the middle of the night and then nothing really happens to him. But the next day the mom goes over to give him wine to apologize for this whole horrible date incident with, yeah. with the kids. And his dog like freaks out and tries to attack her. So... Not sure really what happened there, but the dog's not okay. Mm-hmm. But Max comes by later and says, you know, the dog's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's what sparks the whole, like, dinner tonight at Max's house where the kids can't interfere. So then she's off on a date. They trick the grandpa into going out to find this woman that he's been trying to hook up with. Somebody's widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... They prepare for the vampires to come. So then we see, again, the headlights in the window. And, like, you can hear, like, obnoxious laughing over it, too. Like, over motorcycle engines. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But at first, like, they just kill the lights and it seems like nothing's going to happen. But then they're all of a sudden, like, inside their house. Which, I can't remember. Did they need to be let in or were they just, like, didn't they say something? Why they were just able to get in the house? Because they, like, come down the chimney. The one comes to the... Yeah. It was like, they just... First in. I don't know. It's confusing, too, because later on they talk about being let in kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't I know. I can't if, remember. I don't know if maybe they get kind of grandfathered in because the lead vampire had access to the house. Yeah. I don't remember. But they're in. Yeah. They're, they're attacking now. Yeah. They didn't ask for permissions. <laughs> so they lure one of the vampires into the bathtub, which is filled with holy water, and it explodes, causing blood to burst through the pipes. Everywhere. In the whole house. Yeah. Not just the bathroom. Right. Kitchen. Just everywhere. And I wonder if it would be the case for every vampire, unless they kill the one that's turned all of them. Mm -hmm. But it's just very gruesome every time. I'm like, yeah! (laughs) More blood! (laughs) And then one is shot with a longbow. 
And then Michael and David, like, fly in the air. And Michael kind of has to, like, engage his vampire instinct. So his, like, face burns. (laughs) Vampire powers activate. Right. And he impales David on a pair of antlers from his grandfather's taxidermy business. Yeah. All things considered, they're taken out fairly quickly. Right, right. Not too much of a struggle, honestly. And you're like, oh. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's fine. So they assume David was the head vampire, so they are disappointed when Michael Starr and Laddie don't change back. This is when their mother and Max come home, and he reveals himself to be the head vampire after all, wanting Lucy to be the mother to his lost boys, and thought turning Michael would get everyone into the family. That's so bizarre. I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. I forgot that Max was even involved. Yeah, so the Frog Brothers were right. right. And the part, I guess... That made me just write him off as not the vampire. It's like uh, they did all those tricks earlier mm-hmm. and nothing affected him. But apparently, in this world, if you let a vampire in, they lose all those. Yeah, things. like it, it's like hidden from them yeah. or something. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, because the Frog Brothers are like floored that like their test didn't work and they're like, don't you know if you let a, a vampire in? No. That they don't have their powers. I've never heard that. No. Ever. I don't get that. So that was really weird. Right. But, okay, Max. Yeah. So Max pulls Lucy in to turn her, threatening Sam if she doesn't comply. But right before he bites her, the grandfather drives into the house in his Jeep and impales them on a wooden fence post. Max explodes and Michael Starr and Laddie <laughs> return to normal. Just so not shot. Max explodes. Right. <laughs> I mean, it says spectacularly, I guess, too, but I don't really remember how he dies. So just remember exploding. Yeah. Oh, but I don't remember the little gross tongue thing he does. He's like, but I still want to be with you, Lucy. (laughs) 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 Gross. Put your tongue away. Don't be a freak. (laughs) Please. So the grandfather then complains that this is the worst part of living in Santa Carlo, all the vampires. I was like, Grandpa, could you have mentioned this earlier? Yeah. Well, for what's worth, you probably didn't realize they were struggling with that. Like, talk to your grandfather. He might be able to help you. Right. Do you think everyone knows that there's vampires or just him because he's so eccentric? I don't know. Like, we when we watch in the beginning before Michael even meets any of them, we see the gang kind of going around to different places and getting kicked out. By the security guards they attack and and a couple of store owners and stuff so like they know that they're bad news i guess yeah. but not i don't know if they necessarily know they're vampires yeah except the grandfather you know what he's he's probably the the character that's going around telling people like we gotta get rid of the vampires and they're like oh grandpa <laughs> or like you know this old weird guy just keeps saying there's vampires in town he is crazy though. He's cra- yeah he is he, he's kind of a vibe though i, I know like i like i like his character a lot <laughs> yeah and I, I like them i like all the characters really yeah i think this is a lot of fun i didn't remember it being that fun but mm-hmm. now i really like it. yeah i think being older i appreciated it much more i remember liking it as a kid but you know you only pick up so much when you're 10 watching a movie like this yeah and i did miss the lost boy reference too like so i was kind of confused how we got to the peter pan crossover yeah in the end i mean kind of well the the fact that they don't grow old i think that's what really drives them home yeah, because at one point, David does try to convince Michael to attack people, and he's like, you'll never die, Michael. Never die. <laughs> never die. <laughs> you never die. <laughs> Unless you get, you know, impaled or thrown into holy water, or, you know, stabbed with antler horns, or get shot with a crossbow. You know, besides all that, you right. will never die. <laughs> but the funny thing, too, is when he impales David, like, David's death is the least messy one, mm-hmm. and then... 
like his face just changes and he looks so much younger like he like they shaved him or something i don't know he just looks like a baby yeah after that and i was like what so he did get older yeah <laughs> maybe no, i don't know he got stronger it just made him look older maybe you know strength brings age i don't know i got nothing but uh yeah i love when max comes he's like he's more like God damn it, really? Right. You guys failed this miserably. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah, he's still like, eh, you know, it's no big deal. Like, as long as Lucy and I can be together, sure. I'm like, yeah. It's so weird, because, like, he meets Lucy for all but five minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's like, she's the one. Right. Has to be her. like, okay. I mean, Lucy's cool, but... Yeah, I don't get it. Okay, And they can't make it through a first date, so... No, Because, like, technically, he's not even really her boyfriend. They've had, like, three first date attempts that have just gone miserable. Yeah, either it's a red flag that he keeps trying. Because, like, how Like, at what point are you like, you know, I give up? Right. Or it's like, oh, she'll worry. Yeah, (laughs) which is how she sees it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Because the first time she meets him, I guess, at the store, and then Sam says, like, Michael's going to attack him, and that's when he's trying to attack him for his blood. Then she rushes home, and then there's the meeting with the Frog Brothers, and then now she comes home, and he's like, I'm a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) So. Oh, okay. (laughs) No good. (laughs) No good. No good at all. Okay. Did you want to go into why vampires have covens? Sure. A vampire coven is a vampire family, or pack, if you will. They are simply vampires that live together and try to do so in relative peace. Relative peace? Relative peace. Mm, I don't um, know about that. Relative peace. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Truth be told, a lot of these movies, they don't know vampires are doing their thing. Yeah. So I guess, peace in the sense of they don't want to be known. They just... Well, I think it's, like, there's no, like, infighting among them or anything oh. like that, too. Because, like, no one's, like, trying to be head vampire or something like that. But, which confuses me. Like, I feel like vampires would be a more solitary thing. Because yeah. then you're not always, like, fighting for food. And- yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're strong enough to be on their own. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't need people. No. I don't know. Interesting. So it says that some are friendlier than others, apparently, within their little covens. Some just really view the coven as a place to live. There's always a sire of the coven who is deemed to be the head of the coven or the ruler. Covens can also be for only a certain number of vampires, or they can be larger groups for such as an entire city. What? Yeah. They'll have their own rules to abide by, and they can vary from coven to coven. So, typically, they cover four topics, joining the coven, eating, creating vampires, and general behavior within the coven. And they aren't really ranked, except for the sire. They will have their own strengths and weaknesses. One is not necessarily better than the other. And they work on a superiority system where decisions that need to be made will be done so by those who have been there the longest. That's fair. That's honestly, like, a good system, you know? I yeah, like that's and that's kind of why we thought David was in control. He seemed to be, he's probably the first one Max turned out of that group. Yeah, so while he's with that group. Yeah, he's kind of the decision head maker. boy in charge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just wish I could find more information on, like, why they think it's a good idea to group up. I feel like... One, you have the risk of exposure. Two, like, you're fighting amongst each other for food, but apparently that's a rule. Yeah. (laughs) And then, I don't know, just feels like it would be hard to hide out a big group of people. Right. I don't know. 
Because, like, Max doesn't have to be making this family. He just wants it. Like, right. He's like, oh. Yeah. We just need this big, happy family. But for what? For why? Unless it's just a power thing. Maybe. I guess it says, like, for example, the Cullen household for Twilight and stuff, choosing prey and covering up the meal, though, must always be done very carefully. So if you have, like, a group of people and you choose to attack people together, at least you have an accomplice, basically, to help you get rid of bodies and stuff. So maybe I guess it helps you. You could come up with ways to hide out together. Yeah. I mean, I guess even, like, so if we go back to Let Me In, like, she's a singular vampire. Right. But even though she's by herself, she still has someone helping her. So right. it, they always seem like they need somebody. So I guess whether they have a familiar or not, they still... They still need to have somebody someone. in their corner to help them. Huh. I guess. Maybe it's just... I feel like part... Of, well, no. I don't know. I was going to say part of it has to be the whole vulnerability to, like, you know, half the day. Like, they can't go outside, but, like, just... You don't need someone to help you with that. You just hunker down and... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they, like, want this. Right. And in this case, they don't even have a human familiar, technically, because, like, Star and Laddie are partially human, but they're not going out in the day. They're... Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they had to go back and save them when Star had already come to them asking for help. I was right. like, why didn't you just stay there? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I but... guess she, they had to return to the coven. To... Yeah, she's like, come rescue us. And, okay, I'm going to go back now. Like, <laughs> or you could just not do that. Unless she just needed help. Maybe, do you think she knew Max was the head guy? No, because when Max reveals himself, he's oh, the, he says you were the secret David that's was keeping. Right. So maybe that's what she meant by help, like, help killing okay. David. Yeah, yeah, probably. The association with Coven is from Wiccan pagan culture. Mm-hmm. Number of people may vary. So it's more about Covens and, like, high priestesses and stuff, and that's more witchy, witchy stuff. So we'll get into that at another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's really all it said about vampires. I just wish it would elaborate more on, like, why would you want more people than... Like, I guess I could understand, like, yeah, me and a few buddies, we right. <laughs> run this town. Like, yeah. But, like, after a while, like, do you really want to add, like, how many more would it be with Lucy and her three more people into yeah. your thing? Like, yeah. and Grandpa knows about you. He's going right. to find you. Yeah. Grandpa hunts people. Well, hunts things. Like. <laughs> Grandpa hunts people. Grandpa's, oh my God, he's a serial killer. He, that's why it's actually the murder capital of the world. Grandpa's <laughs> killing all these people. Right. It's not the vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, we learned in Daybreakers what happens when you turn all these people. Yeah. Around with blood. Right. And then... Then you have to take over full cities. Right. And then Jerry, I mean, he's wanting an army. Yeah. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Right. You're going to run out of people. You're going to run out of blood. All that stuff. Yeah. I could see see having a few, like, vampire friends. Yes. It would be lonely. I mean, they're still, like human-ish. Right. They have emotions and shit, so. Yeah. I wonder, too, also, how long Star and Laddie were in this half-mortal, half-vampire state. Yeah. Because, and why they weren't pushing Laddie to become a vampire as well. Well, yeah, why this small child, unless, unless, I'm trying to think maybe they were, like, runaway kids almost, or, like, you know, more rebellious. I'm guessing, yeah. And then they're just taking them under their wing uh, maybe but i'm like michael's not that no so. he's just well i think since star was supposed to kill him like 
and I guess Max had kind of already set it up into motion behind the scenes, mm-hmm. she was supposed to, like, lure him in. Yeah, that's very conflicting things, because Max wanted Lucy and the family, but then Star was supposed to kill Michael, so that would have contradicted Max's plan. Right. And that would have been, like, I don't think Lucy's going to really want to be with you if you kill her son. Yeah, that right? is confusing. Maybe there's a miscommunication. Yeah. <laughs> on their part. You know, the trickle down. Like. They didn't know Michael was related to Lucy. Right. Maybe. Because like, could you imagine if Star actually went through with killing Michael? Right. And now Lucy's son is dead. How is she going to be with Max? Right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a big blunder on their part. Yeah. Mistake. 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 Also, funny enough, too, you never really see... Michael get turned, even though, you know, he he does. He drinks his blood, and that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, like, get bit in, like, the traditional way, unless he, when he falls into the gorge, they were like, for funsies, now yeah. I bite you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he just drank blood. Yeah. Eat some biscotti. Yeah, because aren't you supposed to bite? Everyone else we yeah. know of that gets turned. You drink their You drink their blood, and sometimes they drink the sire's blood, yeah. too. Yeah. Like in the invitation, yeah. he had to bite and be bitten to be turned right. completely. Well, he drank the blood, I feel like, you know. I guess that was the yeah. That was it. Yeah. No bites necessary. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It is one of the more fun movies, though. Yeah. But there are a lot of questions about, like, how it all goes down. Like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I will, side note, will appreciate the gay undertones in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And Sam. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, with Sam? Well, he had the poster of Rob Lowe with his shirt. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't notice? On the closet door? I don't know who Rob Lowe is. He's just like an actor or something? Yeah, you don't know who Rob Lowe is? He's Mm -hmm. in Parks and Rec. Oh. He's in a whole bunch of shit. But he was big in the 80s because the director is gay himself. Oh. But they don't explicitly say it, of course, because, you know. I thought you meant like between Michael and David. Because I feel like after... You didn't notice that on his... (laughs) <laughs> on his closet door? I guess <laughs> I guess just barely, honestly. Yeah. He's too busy holding that taxidermy. Yeah. So, you know, there's the undertones with the vampires. Yeah, because after a while it seems like Michael's just trying to impress David. <laughs> yeah, and then Sam has a picture of Rob Lowe showing his little tummy. Yeah. <laughs> on the wall, so, you know. Yeah, okay. For the, for the 80s, you know. That's pretty open-minded, it. yeah. I'm like, wow, this movie's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up and yeah, it's known to be a uh, Really? Okay. Yeah. That's fun. So. Bonus, I appreciate it. Bonus yeah. points. I was like, oh my god, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a shirt that says, like, Born to Shop or something. Oh, like, really? Yeah. He, I... like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, it's the 80s. Everyone's wearing funny colored things. <laughs> That's true. Crop tops. You know, yeah, because at one point he was wearing, like, a matching set of, like, it's like a pink shirt with, like, green leaves on it or something like that. And he had shorts to match. And yeah. I was like, what kind of outfit is this? <laughs> like, like a romper? Like, are you yeah. wearing a romper? Sam's a fashionista. <laughs> and we're here for it. So. Yeah. That was funny. But I was just like, it's the 80s. It's weird. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, and they put on a fucking closet door <laughs> on top of it. Just to really drive that, that <laughs> at home. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listened on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we always appreciate it. 
You can follow us on social media at 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week. Peter Pan reference. Yes, good job, Stephanie. First star on the right and straight on till morning, right? Is that it? Is that still saying? Girl, I don't know. Oh. Star. Her name's Star. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs>